Hello there, and welcome back to the Breezy Brides podcast. In this episode, we have our very first vendor interview. We sit down and talk with Misty at Bohemia Photography, and we go over so many aspects of a destination wedding in this episode, photography and non-photography related. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this, and without further ado, here it is. Welcome to the Breezy Brides Podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. Awesome. Well, thank you, first of all, for signing up for a time with me. Um, I'm super excited. I've just been trying to get a few different vendors on and stuff. And I think it just helps brides so much because I think they already have a hard time figuring out how to plan a destination wedding, but then hearing people actually talk about it just by downloading a podcast, I think is super helpful for a lot of people. So yeah, that's great. I love that you're doing this and thanks for having me on. Yeah. just thought I would kind of let you introduce yourself and just like who you guys are and where you're located and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so my name is Misty, and I live in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, with my business partner and my husband, Colin. And you guys obviously are in the destination wedding photography space, but you said you guys had been in this business for a while, actually, before this, right? Yeah, so we started back in Oklahoma, originally, where we were from, and no hate to barn weddings, but it just wasn't our <laughs> personal style. <laughs> we just weren't inspired. And we were doing, we were going on vacation to Mexico here all the time. Like anytime we had spare money, we were like, okay, let's go to Mexico. So we were coming sometimes just for the weekend. And eventually, eventually we were just so sad when we had to go back home and we were like, what are we doing here? We don't own a house. We don't mm. have kids. Let's just move to Mexico. We were young and naive, so (laughs) we didn't know what was ahead for us in our life here. But in the end, I'm glad that we did it. Yeah. So did you, had you guys shot any destination weddings before you moved there? No. Oh, okay. I mean, this was like, this was like mega risky move. Like now that I'm older, I probably wouldn't have taken that huge (laughs) risk, but I just had no fear and, um, when we got here, I connected with some photographers and started second shooting for them, built a website, learned about SEO. And then luckily, I mean, after about a year, the weddings just started rolling in. Wow. So we, I think we got lucky. I mean, we worked really hard too, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. How it was long... such a risky move looking back on it. Yeah. How long were you guys doing weddings in Oklahoma? Uh, for about two years. Okay. So we're just over 10 years altogether. Yeah. And so you weren't really, probably weren't as anxious about that aspect of it. You know, you had been doing the job for a while. It was just the the moving and basically like starting your business over again in a completely different area. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. Which when I look back, I'm like, oh, I, ca- I cannot believe that we moved to another country. And <laughs> we're just like, we're going to do this with, I mean, we sold all of our belongings, everything but four suitcases and two cats. Oh my God. And yeah. Wow. We that's just not a Yeah. So where do you guys, I guess, how do people find you normally? Is it just kind of like referrals from other brides over the how many years that you've been doing it or? Well, really, I worked super hard learning SEO, which is search engine optimization to get our website up like number one on Google. 
So our website is still really high on Google. That's how we get found a lot. But now Instagram, the past couple of years has been huge for us. And then there's like bridal Facebook groups. So people will refer us in there and that helps a lot too. Mm, Okay. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. And where do you guys most of the time work out of? And do you, are you guys like willing to travel? How far do you guys go out of your area? Yeah. So we, I mean, we travel all over the place. We still do, we do weddings in the United States too sometimes. So we'll go to Los Angeles sometimes for weddings. Um, But we really we concentrate here around Playa del Carmen and the Riviera Maya coast, but I would say like maybe four or five times a year, we go to different parts of Mexico, like Puerto Vallarta or Cabo, which is nice. Yeah. Gives you a, you know, a fresh look at things. Is that basically just brides asking if you're willing to travel to those places? Because I'm, I'm, a, I think I was looking at your website and you guys did kind of say you're in the Playa del Carmen area. So people probably see that right away. Yeah, exactly. So I think how people will find us for different areas is hashtags on Instagram, because I will use like San Miguel de Allende hashtags or Cabo hashtags. So we get quite a few inquiries for those places too. Yeah. I feel like I started this a couple of years ago, but I just kind of, after I returned from maternity leave, just kind of found like a new found passion for it. Just realizing that my nine to five job just kind of wasn't doing it for me. So right now I'm just working on making this more of a full-time thing. And I will say a lot of things that I've found have been through Instagram. Like it's just crazy. The wedding space people, it's like Pinterest and Instagram are the places people go to like find what they're looking for or what, you know, the vision they're looking for, the vendors they're looking for. And that's kind of where I found a lot of people just. Yeah. To like talk to. yeah. And I totally miss the Pinterest bust. Like I'm not on there at all. <laughs> I wish I would have back in the day, but I didn't think it was going to be as important for some reason, but that is a great place if you're a business owner in the wedding industry to get on, especially now that Instagram is switching more to a video platform. Mm. Us photographers, we've had it really good for a long time because we've had a platform made just for us, you know? Yeah. And now we're switching to video and we're like, oh gosh, what do we do? We can't be spoiled anymore. Yeah. I would (laughs) say Pinterest is taking that Instagram route where they're focusing more on like if they're recipes, they want people to be making videos of them instead of pictures and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know if it's just like social media in general, people are just looking for videos. I don't know if TikTok just kind of like wiped everybody else out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really think it did. And TikTok came in at the perfect time. You know, everybody was stuck at home and bored and the algorithm is is so much more, uh, it's so much more friendly to being found by random people than Instagram is. Yeah. So yeah, they really just kind of wiped out the social media market and everybody else is trying to play catch up. Yeah. I guess when talking to a destination wedding photographer, a lot of brides just want to know the process, you know, because I think, especially with all inclusive resorts, when they are booking, they, a lot of these resorts tend to have photography services included in their package. And then I think brides later on realize they have such limited photos they can take and they just don't get that full experience. So then the bride is sitting there wondering, okay, do I hire somebody else? And what does that process look like? How do I find people? Um, So my question to you is just kind of talking through what booking with you looks like, you know, once a couple finds you, what are the steps that you guys take together after that? 
Yeah. And to just touch back on what you said before about the resorts have their own photographers, absolutely zero hate to them. That can be a really great job at a resort if you're learning photography. But that's the thing is if you hire somebody that works at a resort, it very well could be their first wedding ever, you know, because mm-hmm. you're usually those are people that are wanting to have their own business and they're using that as kind of like a stepping stone to learn. So personally, I think it's a little high risk just because you could get somebody on their first or second wedding, wow. <laughs> which is a little yeah. scary. Um, but our process, I try to make it super easy and streamlined for people because I know that planning a wedding because I'm married and I've done it before it is an overwhelming process. And a lot of people haven't been married before and you don't know what to do or what it's like. So I always try to make our booking process super streamlined and simple. And then if they want to do like a meet and greet or a zoom call before their wedding, I can kind of just walk them through how the day will go. Like, this is how, this is exactly how it's going to be. Most likely I always build them a photography itinerary. Mm -hmm. um, So they can kind of see it laid out if they're visual, which I think helps a lot. Mm -hmm. But really in the end, weddings always come together. And I know it's scary planning a wedding out of the country. There's just so many moving parts. You're getting your guests, you know, to another country and trying to remember what to bring. You know, you don't want to forget anything. You can't go back home that day and get something if you forgot it. But in the end, it always works out. The resorts here do a really great job. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I feel like a lot of brides also don't know that there's people like you guys that are already there. You know, I think a lot of brides just assume that, shoot, now I need a photographer, but I'm worried that if I hire anybody in a different country, that there's going to be a language language barrier, or I'm just not going to be able to find it. But there, there are now so many people already there, like waiting for you, you know? So, and then that also, I think cuts out a lot yeah. of the like travel expenses that brides are worried about, you know, well, now I need to bring a photographer. So then I need to pay for their trip and their airfare and all of that. So it's actually, I feel like, become yeah, exactly. a much more affordable option. Yeah, really here it's it's pretty easy to pick your price point. Um so you can have a wedding that's just as expensive as the United States just depending on how how many flowers you want to buy, you know, how extravagant you want to make it be or if you want to, you know, scale it back and be more simple, you have, you know, a beautiful ocean background. Um, and you don't need all the decorations if you don't want them. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if it doesn't fit into your budget. Yeah. And I think personally, we, we actually did end up using, we had a, uh, my husband and I had a destination wedding in 2017. So that was kind of the reason that I started all of this, but we did end up using, yeah, we, we got married at now Jade and um, we did end up using the resort photographer and thankfully she did a really, really good job. We had great photos, but we ended up, yeah, we ended up paying for, I think twice as many as what was included in the package. So then it was like, you know, looking back at that, well, that probably was pretty close to the same price, all those extra pictures as just hiring an outside vendor and having them for the entire day instead of like an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And those are like mega corporations, you know, so they're going to be very stringent in their business processes. But if you hire somebody that's locally owned like ourselves, if we include 800 photos in a package, we're not going to cut you off because, you know, we're a trillion dollar greedy corporation. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to say, you know what? There was 900, there was 900 good photos. We're going to give 900. We're not going to cut people off. So that's something else to think about when you're choosing which 
things you want to use at a resort and which things you want to use with a locally owned company yeah. because you don't have access to the owner now Jade you know <laughs> right right yeah and I think I think brides just feel like they're kind of stuck you know once they pick that package it's like well this was supposed to pay for what we wanted um but now we right. want all these other things and now we're spending a lot more money than we thought we would and it gets really stressful at that point oh yeah that definitely happens with resorts too so even if you get the packages from them <laughs> and you think like, oh yeah, this fits in my budget. But then when, when you start really adding it up, and this is something that you definitely need to ask your resort, maybe even before you book, if you know you want string lights, you know, at your reception, are they going to charge you an extra $500 to mm. put them up? You know, like little yeah. things like that, they go way overcharged for. Yeah. So it's good to like have an idea going into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I think that's the tricky part is that when people start planning, they just don't even know because there's such limited resources out there for destination weddings that they don't know that they can get caught up very easily in those hidden charges. Yep, exactly. So I would definitely recommend the brides and grooms to maybe make a list of like dream ones, you know, like Mm. I saw this on Pinterest. Can you do this? And then most likely they can do it, but it's going to cost extra outside of the package price. Yeah. And how much are they willing to spend at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, a really that's good thing to think about. Yeah. So once you guys have kind of chosen you and the bride or the couple have gone through with it and, you know, are planning through the wedding, what are a lot of, what are some of the most common questions that you get from brides when, you know, along that wedding process, as you get closer to the date, are they seeming anxious? Do they just feel like, you know, you've got it taken care of or um, how does that work for you? Gosh, you know, it really just, it depends on the personality type, but I would say our most common question is just, am I forgetting anything? Like, how is this going to work? Like people start actually picturing their day, you know, I think like maybe a month or two before their wedding, I would say like half of people start emailing me like, this is what I'm bringing. Does this look good? So I'm kind of almost like a wedding advisor. To them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like it's okay. It's going to be okay. I promise. As long as you have your dress and your rings, your guests have plane tickets, like mm. me and the resort, we're going to take care of the rest. Yeah. Like just show up and have fun. Yeah. That's hard because like you said, it's, I think it's such a foreign thing for a lot of people that they're just, you know, you're, you're living in it. You're there. So you're, you could, very easily be, be that person that they go to, to help, help plan the rest of their wedding. But oh, I for sure am. And resorts, you know, they do so many weddings. Mm-hmm. I mean, some resorts here will do like 10 weddings a day, like some gigantic mega resorts. So wedding coordinators usually won't even start planning with you until like a month before your wedding, though, if you won't hear back from them, if you email them for weeks or maybe months, So a lot of people get frustrated with that process. And then they write me like, is my resort still there? (laughs) Did they go out of business? mm, Yeah. But then, but then I become their like advisor because, you know, I'll answer emails within 24 hours, but I'm always like, yeah, the resort's still here. Don't worry. They're (laughs) just not going to talk to you yet. (laughs) They're not ready for you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, you know, when a lot of brides are trying to decide if they need a, or want a travel agent, I think that's where that comes in handy a lot of the times too, because, They kind of take that stress away from them by contacting the resort directly because they probably know a lot of these resorts do take a long time. They need to, you know, stay on top of it a little bit better. And then that takes the stress away from the couple too. 
Yeah, for sure. I think a travel agent that specializes in weddings will just help take a lot of that stress off of you. Yeah. All right. So when it comes to the wedding day um, or shooting a wedding, a destination wedding in general, what is your favorite part about that? So this is going to sound really cheesy and it's because I'm an Enneagram three ENFJ. (laughs) (laughs) I get pure joy when I see people having fun. Like I used to get the worst anxiety. Like if I didn't think somebody was having fun or a good time, now I'm trying to like chill myself out about it. (laughs) But that is honestly my, my favorite part is just seeing it all come together. And like, they're on the dance floor doing karaoke. Like that is my absolute favorite part. I'm like, yes, they're doing it. They're having fun. (laughs) I'm like a built-in cheerleader. I'm like, yeah, go get out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And actually I learning the Enneagram has helped me a lot in my business too, because say an Enneagram one is somebody who is super structured. They need exact directions on everything. And I would have clients like that. And sometimes they would exhaust me, honestly, Mm. because I'm more of like a creative collaborator. Like I can switch on a moment's notice. But with clients that are Enneagram ones, like you need to tell them exactly where to put their hand or exactly where to stand or they'll get frustrated. So kind of learning the personality types has really helped me because then I go, okay, they're probably an Enneagram one. So I need to like give them a little bit more direction or I need to like tell them exactly minute for minute how their wedding's going to go and then they're going to feel comfortable. So Yeah. yeah, it's been really interesting. Yeah. I've, I found it really interesting with, yeah, close relationships too. Like I, I think my mom is an eight. I think my brother is a four. I think uh, my husband is also a nine. So like reading more about them. Yeah. It's just like, oh, so I've been so hard on him for doing that, but really it's because, you know, X, Y, Z, and you can kind of like give an explanation as to why they're, they are the way that they are. (laughs) Exactly. It kind of helps with your own empathy for other people and not get as frustrated. Like my husband, he's an Enneagram too. And he is just, he's not as much of like an energetic, like I'm going to get these 50 things done today. Mm. Like he's more like helpful. I mean, honestly, Enneagram twos are like the saints of the Enneagram. So we're we're a good match, I think. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So just kind of switching things up here, I think because this has been such a big topic over the last, gosh, it's been almost a year and a half now, COVID-19. So I think so many people, you know, had their worlds kind of flipped upside down, not trying to um, belittle, you know, people who had more serious things going on, but a wedding is still a huge deal. And for all those brides that had to cancel or postpone what was that like for you guys on the other side of it? I mean, did you have a lot of brides that just, you know, again, reached out to you and were like, we don't know what to do. Like, we don't know what's going on. And then how did that impact you guys as a business? Yeah. And I'm going to be totally honest. It was the worst year of our entire lives. Like, I mean, when you talk about rock bottom, because we, we worked so hard on our business and we sacrificed so many things and just still we've gone through so much stress here in a different country. And then it was just a matter of weeks, like March 15th through April 1st, everything just crashed and tumbled. Like everybody canceled their weddings. You know, it was just, it was such a shock to the system. 
I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have anything. We lost our career. Like I was just, yeah, yeah. It was really hard. And then of course you had a lot of tearful phone calls with brides. Like you're already emotional because you've lost all of your income. Um, You're stuck in a different country. You don't know what to do. And then you have those people calling you like, what should I do? (laughs) It was really, really hard. And Oh, I know people lost their lives and it's a lot more serious than, you know, what we're making it out to be. I mean, luckily we're still here and we got our, you know, our income back again and things bounced back, but it was rough. It was, yeah. it was, it was a life-changing experience and I'm not glad the pandemic happened, but it taught me so much. Like it forced huge life lessons on me in a matter of two weeks. I was like, oh my gosh, I have not been doing things right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So I guess, let's see, when did things, I was kind of keeping track. I think it was last fall. um, They had, resorts had announced that guests would need to prove a negative test when they arrived and then also get another negative test when they left. Well, now we're in the middle of summer. um, So at least six months have gone by. And I think it's, it's really hard to say, you know, business to business, some things are completely opened up and, but now people are talking about a new variant or things getting worse again. So I guess what's the current situation now? Are things, are most resorts pretty open and ready to go or what's that like? Yeah. So actually the resorts never required a negative test upon arrival. They would just okay. take, your tem- they would take your temperature when you arrived and they would That's disinfect right. your luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did have to have a negative test to leave the country or to go back to the U S. Um, so now the resorts here are really open right now. Like it almost looks like normal life. There's a the couple resorts. I don't know if I should name names that are a little bit more strict, like making people wear masks when they're walking around. Okay. Um, and other resorts really don't have any restrictions at all. So it kind of depends on the company, but I am, I am concerned about the Delta variant for this winter. I definitely am concerned about it. So here in Quintana Roo, which is the state that the Riviera Maya is in, a few days ago, the governor announced that they might start putting more strict strict um, guidelines in in the state that would require either a vaccination card or a negative COVID test within three days to enter any hotels, restaurants, grocery stores, like any public space. So it's not a for sure set in stone law yet, but that could be coming. Okay. And what is your advice for brides who potentially haven't booked yet? Maybe they're waiting on, you know, what happens with COVID or um, are just newly engaged to kind of ease their mind. Do you have any advice for them on any steps that they can take to kind of ensure that they can still pull off the wedding, whether that means, you know, postponing it later on or insurance or anything like that? So honestly, I mean, my personal opinion is I do not think that they're going to shut the resorts down here Okay. because the entire coast relies on tourism. They shut down the resorts temporarily last spring just to decide what to do and what their new COVID protocols are going to be Mm -hmm. and like assess the situation. And during that time, they didn't give out stimulus checks here. They went door to door with bags of beans and rice to make sure people were eating. So 
Yeah, I don't, I mean, shutting down here would be absolutely devastating. So I don't, I think they're going to keep resorts open at all costs since that's majority of the population is working at resorts. Yeah. For brides, I mean, if they implement the negative test rule or uh, vaccination rule, you know, your best assurance is either to get vaccinated or make sure that you have a negative COVID test before you leave the States Mm. or Canada or wherever you're coming from, because that could be a possible future rule. Yeah. And then I guess on the flip side of that, do you think that people in general will just want to take more of the destination wedding route just because they know it is a smaller wedding. You know, it's a little bit more, you can, if you have a big guest list, you can kind of cut a lot of people out and avoid the big gatherings by having a destination wedding. Yeah, for sure. I think also a lot of people are doing that because some States in the United States were way more strict, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like New York and California weren't allowing weddings at all. So I think that does push more people down here since there's less restrictions at resorts. And right now people are booking like crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get, you know, 15 inquiries a day. Oh my word. So wow. I, yeah. I don't think that the Delta variant as of right now is slowing people down. Like people okay. are ready to get out and travel. Yeah. Um, so I guess, do you have any idea as far as if they did want to book right now, are they looking at kind of like a wait time for availability? Is it that booked? Yeah, for us, um, we are booked all the way till September 22. We don't have any openings. Wow. So I'm pretty booked. And then we have <laughs> yeah. some, some fall. We're also taking way less weddings for fall just because we're going to buy property and renovate it. So okay. we're giving ourselves a little time for that. But yeah, so you have all the 2020 brides that had to push their weddings, you know, to the future. And some of the 2021 brides did the same thing. They pushed to 2022. Then you have the people that got engaged during the pandemic that were just kind of waiting around to book. Now those people are booking. And then you have new, the newly engaged couples, like the regular booking bookings coming in. So you have like a triple whammy. Yeah. In a good way (laughs) for you, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's got to be hard. Yeah. It's got to be hard to tell people no too. Oh yes. That is the worst part too. When they sound so nice and like, I love the resort. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We're booked. I'm like, if you try to move your date, I'll I'll be available on this date. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask what your, Mm -hmm. either your favorite resorts for brides or for weddings, or just your, your most accommodating resorts for coming in as an outside vendor favorite ones to shoot at ones that you feel like brides are like the most happy with afterwards. For sure. And you know what? I, I definitely have a favorites list and a (laughs) very not favorite. We'll never shoot at again list. Oh, okay. Favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I'll divulge those when I'm not in the wedding industry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of brides get married at a brides and grooms, sorry, grooms get married at finest. Um, it's a very popular resort for weddings. They do a great job. They are super easy with us, like with entry and not giving us any problems. Weddings always run super smooth. Um, another great one is Secrets Aku Mall. Okay. Love that resort. Once again, just make the process really easy. Their wedding coordinators there are very communicative. Communicative? Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah, one, one of those two. <laughs> one of those. They're much more than other resorts. Um, 
and it's a beautiful resort. It's super lush. The beach is beautiful. So that's definitely one of our favorites. Um, another one is Hotel Eshkoret. They're not so easy with us to get in. They give us a little problems, but it's so beautiful. It kind of just mm. makes it worth it. <laughs> I'll still shoot there just because it's so pretty. Um, if you Google the images of Hotel Eshkoret, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. It is really gorgeous. And then the last one is a private venue that I love shooting at called Via La Jolla. It's really close to my house, which I like. <laughs> it's a short drive for me, but also it's a, it's a really beautiful property. Yeah. And what is your opinion on an all-inclusive versus a private venue? Oh, God. So a private venue is immediately, it's going to be more expensive for the oh, most part. Okay. They're going to be easier, of course, with allowing vendors in. A lot of times they're not going to have vendor fees, but usually the property itself is just more expensive. And then you need to think about accommodations for your guests, like where are they going to stay? And then you need to think about transportation to that venue and back. So you have a little bit more to think about with those. Okay. But yeah, most of the time you're not paying the vendor fee. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just realized I did a bridal review for a couple that um, you were the photographer for. It was... Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Triana and Tall. Uh-huh. Um, Love them. And I found them on Instagram because I think I was just looking at like, hash, yeah, the hashtags. And um, so I always try to find brides that have beautiful pictures. So I was obsessed. Oh, yeah. With the, and like their decor. Yeah. I really loved that wedding. Yeah, and they got married in Sayulita, Mexico, yeah. the side of Mexico. That's a really cool area, too. I've added it to my um, travel list after that because she, she was also explaining how beautiful it was there. And I, had, I hadn't really heard much about it prior to that, and now I'm just hearing about it everywhere. Yeah, it's a little suburb of Puerto Vallarta, but I have a secret for you mm. and any of your listeners um, so about five minutes away from Sayulita is a little beach town called San Pancho, and it is super cool. Like it, it hasn't necessarily been found by as many tourists yet. So it's a little less crowded and the beach is really cool. And wow. So San, remember San Pancho on the map, it says San Francisco, but nobody calls it that. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's a secret. It's San Pancho. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to go back to something. Oh yeah. I was just going to say we, we actually had our, um, our friend's wedding at the finest resort in 2019 oh. that we went to. Yeah. Beautiful resort. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's like a blank canvas. Yeah. You know, it's white buildings and greenery. So if somebody wants to, if somebody likes that, you know, just super simple classic look, that's great. Or they can kind of just use whatever colors and decorations they want to make it something different. Yeah. I remember feeling like it almost felt like an adult only resort. I know it does almost feel like that, but it's not kids are allowed, which I think another reason why people choose that place is because they can have people under 18 there. Mm-hmm. Secret Saka Mall is adult only. No, actually Hotel Eshkret allows kids, but yeah, something also to check when you're finding a resort, if you're having kids or not. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel like that's one of the biggest decisions right off the bat. You know, when people, yeah. a lot of brides are like, there's so many resorts, how do I even begin to to look or find the right one? And I think that's one of the first questions that people ask is, well, are you planning on having kids? Do you want kids there? Are you willing to spend? Because 
I feel like most of the time the adult only ones do run a little bit higher price wise too. So yeah, they do for sure. And something else to think about when you're choosing a resort is if that resort is brand new or not. So Mm. what I've found in my experience here, so we've been here eight and a half years. If a resort is brand new, they may offer you a cheaper wedding package just to get the ball rolling but they're not going to be as good at weddings yet. <laughs> they right. don't have enough experience yet. Um, so sometimes there's, you know, dinner is really, really late or the power goes out. Like <laughs> there's a lot of little hiccups. So that's something also to remember because there's brand new resorts popping up here all the time. Yeah. And um, sometimes I'm the first photographer and I'm like, oh no. Oh, really? <laughs> Let's see how this goes today. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask too, you said your, your husband, Colin, you guys do it uh-huh. together. Are you guys, do you guys do vid- videography as well? Or is it just photography and you work together with that? Yep. Just photography. Okay. So actually back in our first year here, we did offer videography because so many people asked us for it and it was a complete disaster. So we were oh, like, okay. nope, we'll leave that up to videographers. And then we tried hiring videographers to work for us. And that also didn't work out. It's like too much pressure to make sure somebody else is doing what you want, you know? Yeah. Or making sure they show up on time. It was just way too much stress on top of our already like stressful workloads. So I think it's best to just find a videography company. They specialize in that. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And then if the bride ends up getting, um, hiring a separate videographer, how do you guys work together on, like, do you guys meet ahead of time at all? Or do you just talk the morning of and kind of plan out, you know, obviously not wanting to get in each other's way or anything like that? Yeah. So we usually just plan out at the time it's happening, like, Hey, I'm going to stand here. And then, you know, we just kind of like work it out at, you know, during the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of videographers here I've worked with for so long and I know how they work. And they know how I like to work. You know, one company in particular, I'm like, please move your tripod from the center of the aisle, at least for like the first minute so I can get all the overviews Mm, without a tripod. Yeah. (laughs) So there's things like that. But once again, if you hire a videographer that is brand new, that doesn't always work with other vendors that are super experienced. So something else to think about when you're hiring your vendors, if you hire one inexperienced person that maybe is really affordable right now because they're building their portfolio, they might throw a hitch in the rest of the vendor's normal (laughs) workflow. Yeah. You know how like in corporate America, which I used to work in, if you have one bad employee, it can like throw off the whole team. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how it is. Okay. Yeah. And then you just, obviously you never want to portray that to the couple on the day. So then you're just you know, having it like secretly deal with it behind the scenes, that can be pretty hard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If people knew what happened behind the scenes, but I would never let a couple know, like if I'm having issues with somebody else or they're being rude or whatever, I would never let the couple know. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. I do want to backtrack a little bit too with the day of the wedding. So Mm -hmm. like we were kind of talking about earlier with um, when you go through the resort for a photographer, you basically just have them Mm -hmm. for the ceremony and then the pictures afterwards. And that's pretty much it. So for you, do you guys have set hours that the bride can pick or do they have you all day or, you know, when do you arrive and when do you leave typically? Yeah. So we have packages of six, eight and 10 hours. Of course it's 
if it ends up working that somebody needs seven hours or nine hours, like an odd number, then we can customize it. But most people book eight hours and that will get you through midway of getting ready. I don't want to arrive to a wedding when somebody is still like barefaced because people don't want that picture of themselves, (laughs) you know, Um, or if they're, I mean, some people are like, so I need you for like 15 hours. Right. And like, you don't want me to get you like getting out of bed and eating lunch. (laughs) All we need is like an hour and a half of getting ready photos. That is perfect. And then eight hours will get you most of the reception or all the way to the end of the reception. It kind of depends on just how the schedule flows. But when somebody books with me, I send them a questionnaire to fill out so I can find out all the little details about their day and their plans. And then I'll read through that and then I'll create a photography itinerary. And that itinerary will determine what time we leave and what time we arrive. And usually everything's based around the sunset time and the ceremony time. Yeah. So I think that's a huge thing to talk about because a while ago, I reached out to as many vendors as possible asking for their biggest piece of advice for destination wedding couples. And almost every photographer brought up the sunset time. And I don't think brides think about this when planning their wedding, choosing the time of the ceremony. So kind of talk about a little bit of that and why the sunset's so important. Sure. So with photography, you know, we're essentially painting with light. (laughs) So the sunset time is super important to us because an hour before sunset is going to be the most photogenic sense. You know, it's going to be the soft, warm, the stuff most people post on their Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think that you should start your ceremony an hour and a half to two hours before sunset. So I always recommend if you have a ton of family photos that you need done after the ceremony, then you probably want to start your ceremony two hours before sunset. And if you have just kind of like a normal amount of people to be photographed, maybe 15 on each side, something like that, then you can do like an hour and a half before sunset. So that, that way it gives you time to, you have the ceremony here. We'll do like a group photo of everybody that came then we'll do family photos. And then that way we can do couples photos like 30 and 45 minutes before sunset. Okay. And do you find that the resorts, do the resorts kind of align with that as far as their times available for having the ceremony are usually within that time frame anyway? Or do you find brides having to change their time because they realize maybe it was too late or too early in the day? Yeah. See, that depends on the resort too. Like some resorts like Secrets Aqua Mall, they know exactly the right time to do it because they're super experienced there. The coordinators have been there forever and they've done probably thousands of weddings. So at other resorts though, they won't give the right ceremony time. Actually, I had a, a bride like a week ago, the resort, she has her wedding in December and the resort gave her ceremony time seven minutes before sunset. And I'm like, oh no, we've got to change that. So she's in the process now of trying to change it earlier because otherwise, you know, there's no sunset couples photos. The ceremony is going to end in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that's definitely something to think about. I'm surprised that the the resort would even offer that time, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Well, also some resorts, you know, they'll do so many weddings in a day, Mm. which, you know, resorts they're billion trillion dollar entities. So naturally they're going to be a little greedy and try to pack in as many weddings as they can. 
So some people get stuck with like a 3 p.m. ceremony time or even like a 10 a.m. ceremony time, which isn't ideal. 10 a.m. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And that is so hot here. 10 a.m. is like midday sun. We've done it. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, I wonder how many of those couples look back and think, yeah, we, we didn't really need to have it. Well, we've only shot two and after two, I was like, I am never doing a wedding (laughs) like before 3 PM again. (laughs) But at both of those weddings, like the guests had to get up and leave during the ceremony because it was so hot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like people were just like, hiding under shady, (laughs) shady areas on the resort, like trying to peek at the resort. So I definitely don't recommend that if you can try to stick with an hour and a half to two hours before sunset. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, I think I'm pretty much covered everything that I wanted to ask you. So I guess to end it, um, if you wanted to just let everybody know where they can find you, I know, like you said, you're booked really far in advance, but this, this obviously the nice thing about podcasts is they're kind of there forever. So um, when you guys do have more availability, hopefully people can find you to book you a little bit later, but I guess, where do you want people to find you when they're planning their wedding? Yeah, for sure. So we're on Instagram at Bohemian Photography. You know, come to my Instagram stories for fun facts and useless polls. And (laughs) our website is bohemia-photography.com. Awesome. And we will um, make sure to link all of that in the show notes of the podcast, you know, just so people can, you know, if they're listening, they can just close it out and go right to that link there. But thank you so much again for um, meeting with me. I'm glad we were able to make it work with your internet and our messed up time zone (laughs) issue. (laughs) We made it work. Thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. You're welcome. You have a good rest of your weekend. You too.